What is up, Breadheads? Tonight, me and the boys bring you showstoppers of the swack and golden nuggets of the whack. All that and more on a preview show where the conferences sound like they belong in a colorful text bubble smashing into your screen during an episode of Batman. This is one and done. Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. It's time once again for everybody to come aboard that green screens media train recording live from somewhere. This is one and done, your fast break of college basketball information. Tonight's show, as I said in the intro, the swack and the whack. Let's get right to him. One of my broskies in basketball. He is Eric the Blue, the Baron of Bread of Green Screens Media. You can find him in those Twitter streets at Fantasy Nap. That is Eric Romov. What's happening? Man, I, I feel like I'm the official timekeeper of one and dunks every time I'm here. I'm talking about how close this basketball season is. We're inside of 50 days now. So not only are we going to continue these conference breakdowns and these conference previews, we have two more on deck tonight, and we're going to get into the high majors after that. Going to be doing some more interviews, going to bring back the top 20 countdowns. And before you know it, we'll be back with these DFS shows, right? Regular news and notes programming. All of this is here at the channel. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you have that notification bell on. But also, check out drrotor.com. We've got our guy Mike's written content on these CBB streets over there. We also got a little fantasy football work from everyone here involved in the one and done universe. So make sure you're checking out drrudder.com. Make sure you are subscribed to the Green Screens Media YouTube. Don't forget to do all that. And of course, I'm in such a rush to tell you about my broskies in basketball that I forget to introduce myself. My name is Jay Heinrich. I'm oh, a conductor of the aforementioned Green Screens Media train. You can find me on X at Dr. William Cannon, we got Eric the Blue, we got Jay right here in the middle, and of course, last in the intros, but first in our hearts, he is El Capitan himself, the captain of the Green Screens Media Ship. Find him on X at MC Holland 34. That's the OG Money Mike. That is Mr. Mike Holland. What did you, baby? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. Um, not only can you find me on X, you can also find me on Zyrtec, you can find me on Emergency. <laughs> Um, you can find me on all the things that are keeping me afloat as we finish up these yeah. uh, <laughs> as we finish up these conference preview shows for the mid majors. But finally, my betting preview is out. The article dropped yesterday. Uh, I gave two plays and a fade from favorites, value plays, and long shots for the college basketball national title. Uh, I'm also working on a mid major story. Uh, five teams since we are finishing up our shows tonight uh, and moving up into the big boy ranks. I'm going to go ahead and drop that story here within the week. So yeah, a lot of content coming because we are getting closer and closer to the start of the season. No doubt about it. Right around the corner, college basketball, all the college basketball you need, all the fantasy football you need, all the DFS stuff you need over at drroto.com, the new and improved look drroto.com looking good over there go check us out a lot of mike stuff uh for college basketball is for free just go check it out just go give us a click and see what you think follow all of those uh, x handles if you will on the screen follow at get green screens for the green screens media twitter follow 
at one and done CBB, all spelled out right there across your screen. As you see it, the wonderful production team right there. Johnny on the spot, as always. Let's go ahead and move on now to the SWAC, gentlemen. We're here, like you said, Mike, last of, uh, of the mid-majors. Uh, one more show here where we're previewing two conferences on the same show. And let's start with the SWAC. Of course, 12 teams in the SWAC last season. Grambling State and Alcorn State shared the regular season crown at 15-3. and three. In the conference tournament, however, Texas Southern upset Grambling State 61-58 to 58 to earn that auto bid and then lost the 16-seed play in game two, what would then become Cinderella Fairleigh Dickinson. So the SWAC was ranked 31st. Uh, in conferences last year, according to Ken Palm's metrics, which if you are keeping track and we are, that is second to last. Zero teams inside the top 100 with only one inside the top 200, which was Grambling State. As we always are wont to do, let's start off with some headlines and Mr. Eric the Blue. Man, 12 team conference and... I don't know if there's a good offense among them. Um, there, there were some bad offenses in this league last year, right? Nine of these 12 teams were 300 or 300th or worse in offensive efficiency. The highest team in that regard was Alcorn State, 250th. And look, we just we need some, you know, we, we need some weapons here, right? It feels like one guy hits, you know, hits his ceiling and and you know has his breakout season, and that could really be the difference of. You know, you know, pushing a team over the top. And the, the second thing to consider is... Silence, your rent is due. Oh, it's Jumbotron Jimmy's hey, back. It's like the third He's time. <laughs> Jumbotron Jim. He wants his rent. I, I want you guys to answer these three questions with a smile or suffer the consequences. Jay. Yep. Which team would you have best have the best chance of walking on and starting? Oh, bringing up the J hoops. Ooh, man. I mean, he does say all of them. Any, <laughs> any chance I get to talk about my uh, prowess as a point guard and shooting guard? You know, I do a little bit of everything with the ball. I'm not going to go too crazy. And just, uh, you know, I would say probably, I guess, just looking at it, Mississippi Valley State. They haven't won more than nine games since 2012. I haven't won more than four conference games in the SWAC since 2018. <laughs> I could probably, I could probably jump in at Mississippi Valley State and give them five <laughs> points and at least four dimes a night, just like now, right now, in 12 minutes. Oh my goodness! Just find a way to minutes. keep Schulenberg disappointed. <laughs> All right, moving on, Mike. Yes, yes. Who out of the who out of the three of you would lead the one and done? Drumline team. The drumline. Uh, well, I had some drums back in the day, but I only spent like a month playing them. So my dad spent a lot of money on that to not work out. Uh, I played the saxophone and piano though pretty well. Um, and I'd say uh, I'd say to lead our drumline, our, our guy, I got Jay, man. Um, I think he could rock it out. The long hair back in the day. If you guys have, right there. If you, yeah, man, he was rocking out right there. Like I feel like he could be that uh, that guy for us. <laughs> yeah, well, I could do it. I had the hair, definitely. I mean, I had the hair back in the day to, to pull it off. It's, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. That, 
that rocking hair. All right. Eric, which drum line in the SWAC are you most excited to see? Ooh, that's there's a lot some, of drum lines. There's some man. good drum lines in this in this league. Um, I feel like there's a bad Nick Cannon joke here, but I'll leave it alone. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll I'll get it, I'll get out of the state of Texas. I don't want to I don't want to be accused of some home cooking. I'll go with Florida A and M Rapid. Wanna wanna make it out to Florida? Awesome logo. Love to love to see what these guys do, and, and would would definitely like to uh, like to like to see this drum line perform. All right. Well, you knuckleheads are a nuisance, but uh, I guess you can stay a little while longer. Until next time. Hey. Bro. All right. Appreciate All right, Jumbotron Jim. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we figured out that, that Jumbotron Jim lives in the Jumbotron, and for some reason we have to pay him rent by answering questions. Um, whatever works. So we just get to we just show up. You guys can see that we're floating around in this gym right now, and uh, or right up there, I guess, at the top of the screen. That's probably where Jimbo lives. So, uh, hey, thanks for stopping by again. I guess question mark. Either way, as <laughs> I might as well before if if you're still hanging around after that, make sure you like and subscribe, and make sure you turn on those notification bells for sure. But we're getting to the meat and potatoes here, no doubt about it. Leave us a comment, let you know what you think about Jumbotron Jim. As we get into the showstoppers of the swack, you show showstopping. Show show oh yeah, man, let's we can do it. We can do that. We, we, when are we gonna re drop the one and done? Like we gotta have a mixtape, I think. Like coming up here real soon, I would imagine. <laughs> we got a Jumbotron Jim with Jumbotron Jim like dropping in and like just doing the intro. You know, maybe you know. Anyways, all right. Showstoppers of the swag here. Let's start right now. Let's get that old graphic up there. What do we? There we go. Let's see what do we got. Look at showstoppers. Oh, look at that. That's nice with the logo there and everything like that. I want to be. Let me go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, uh, I I'm gonna spoiler alert. You're not. So let's. You know. You know who is though? PJ Henry, guard out of Texas Southern, 5'10", 175 pounds. 12.4 points, two dimes, 1.3 steals, and 27.8 minutes <laughs> per game. Excuse me. This is the fifth year for Henry Mike, who led them to the NCAA tournament last year, expecting big things from Henry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he entered the transfer portal earlier this offseason and decided to come back. He's a, a smart player, real quick trigger. He drives hard to the basket. He's got a real nice step back game, so you'd love to see that. Uh, he's going to have a full plate. Uh, Devon Barnes, he's no longer on campus. So, uh, you know, I think part of the reason why Henry's back is that he's going to be able to get all the opportunities, uh, which he's probably going to uh, to be one of the top players as far as points scored in this conference because uh, we've seen what he's done over the past couple of years. A very solid player. Number two there on the list, Byron Joshua Guard out of Alcorn State, 5'11", 165 pounds. Joshua averaged 11 points, four boards, four dimes, and 1.7 steals. You're going to like that. Filling up the stat sheet, Joshua is. Eric, he doubled his production and efficiency last year, and it kind of makes me feel like he's he's primed for a big season. Yeah, I mean, based on based on that, right? Like you get more efficient, you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see things improve. The issue with with Joshua is it was a it was a roller coaster from game to game, right? He would go 20 plus on you. And then just be completely gone in the next game, right? So, you know, I'm I'm looking for him to be more consistent this season. You know, as, as he heads into his upperclassman year, as he heads into his junior season, not only can he fill up the stat sheet himself, 
but he is also the type of player that can shut down an opposing team's best guard. So does a lot of things for you on both sides of the court. And ultimately, if, if Alcorn, you know, is, 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 is eyeing a chance to win this league and to make their way out of the conference tournament, I, I think Joshua is going to have to play up to like a player of the year type level. And if, if he can, if he can string together games more consistently, he, he might be able to pull it off. That's the name of the game for a lot of these players at this uh, mid-major level. Like, just there's a reason they're mid-major players. They can't string that together consistently. Joshua has the talent to. We'll see if he takes that next step for Alcorn State. Isaiah Range, the guard out of Alabama State, 6'4", 215. Good size on this guard here. Uh, 14 points, almost four boards, and shot 43% from three-point range, Mike. 1.3 steals, absolute sharpshooter who was in the portal but then realized that the grass ain't always greener on the other side, came back to Alabama State to be the man. Yeah, another guy that decided to jump in the portal, and now he's back, which is awesome for this uh, for this conference, right? And after a, a very good first year, I mean, he took a big leap in terms of his uh, usage and scoring. He's a big, strong guard. He listed the height and weight there. You can really light it up from three. And his size allows him to be very versatile defensively, and I expect him to challenge for the conference scoring title. He's got that type of uh, scoring pedigree. Ken Evans, guard from Jackson State, 6'5", 200 pounds. What are the guards here? We got like just covering all the guards. What's with the big men here? Like, are we? Are, is this conference? Is this all going to be guard play this year, Mike? Is it? I mean, what are we? I mean, Ken Evans here. Let me go to Eric here. Ken Evans, guard from Jackson State, uh, 11.3 points, 4.6 boards, 2.7 assists, shot 35% from three, which is right there where I needed to be. 1.2 steals. And Eric, in each of his first three years, he's taken steps forward with his production. Yeah, and I, I like that trend to hold, right? Uh, he was the leading scorer for, for the Tigers last year. He's part of a solid collection of returning players for Jackson State. And like range, you know, good size for a guard, big, strong dude, and create opportunities for his teammates, right? A lot of things to like there. But also, he's, he's a super creative finisher around the rim. Like you talked about earlier, he can knock down threes at a pretty consistent clip. There's there's a lot of things to like about Ken Evans, and I, I like like him to continue this progression we've seen over the last few seasons. Last but certainly not least, Zion Harmon, six foot hundred sixty five pound guard from Bethune Cookman, averaged thirteen point seven points, two point eight assists, and a steal per game. Mike won Freshman of the Year honors last year in the conference. Is there a more exciting player in the SWAC? I don't think there is. He's the highest-rated recruit in school history. Now, he didn't go directly to Bethune-Cookman. He redshirted his freshman year at Western Kentucky, so he's a redshirt freshman coming over. Uh, first time we saw him on the court, and he was electric. I mean, the efficiency wasn't quite there, but he's a very young player. Uh, he's a really good shooter, and you expect him to have a monster year um, now that he's got a season under his belt. So. Yeah, I really love what this kid has to offer. And that's going to be our five showstoppers of the SWAC. We got PJ Henry, Byron Joshua, Isaiah Range, Ken Evans, and Zion Harmon. I love it there. Look at these guys. All guards, now, like man. I was saying, Mike, I was going to say, Mike, all guards here. Um, is that really speak just to where – this conference is that you can have so much guard talent on the floor at once and just sort of, can there be a little bit of, we're going to get into tears here in a second, as we, as we like to do on the show, 
Um, can some of these teams possibly jump from tier, you know, from a lower tier to a higher tier? If some of their big men take that, take a step forward that we're not maybe considering at this time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when you look at it, like the impact players are really the guards. Um, it's a it's a struggle to find a, a forward in this conference that is coming back or you know projects to be you know a, a dominant type player. Um, so yeah, if if one of those forwards can or centers can step up and be a, a real impact player on both ends of the floor, I think that's going to give uh, the teams in our tiers a, a major advantage. So yeah, just something to look forward to and a great catch there, Jay. Uh, yeah, all guards on this uh, on this graphic, but that just shows you the the type of talent that maybe gets lost um, on a you know conference that finishes thirty first uh, in the country. There's there's some good players here. Um, you just gotta obviously check them out and and see what they can get done. Well, let's talk about those tiers now. Let's we you know on this show, if you've watched one and done and any of our conference previews, and if you haven't before, go back and check out some of the ones we did. Those are evergreen, all the way up until play starts. Just make sure you go back and check all those out. Uh, but on the tiers for tonight, for the SWAC, we're going to go ahead and do a little halftime show hierarchy here. The highest tier will be the drumline course. We got our and we got our Nick Cannon reference in earlier, uh, you know. So we got a drumline up at the top. Got the old wind section, so you know, flutes, possibly some oboes. You know, really just pulling their weight down Don't there. Don't forget the, the clarinet. <laughs> clarinet, of course. Who could forget the clarinet? And, of course, flag wavers. Man, those are different. There's a name for those people. What are those? They're called something. I'll think of that in a minute. There's a flag there's another. Flag, no. <laughs> <laughs> no nice. I'll think of it later. But for the sake of time, it's the drum line at the top tier, the wind section in the middle tier, and the flag wavers. In the middle. I'm going to do the drum line. I'll tell you about the teams that start in the, in the drum line here, starting with Alcorn State, who went 15-3 and three in the conference last season. A lot of turnover, but we do like Byron Joshua to lead this group. For Jeremiah Kendall, average 11 points and seven rebounds in limited action. I see a few more minutes this year, and those numbers could see a bump if the efficiency is there. And this is an older team, 11 upperclassmen. So, so important in this in this day and age of college basketball to have a team of upperclassmen that have been there. So uh, really, really like Alcorn State this season. Jackson State Tigers joining them in that drumline tier. This team is absolutely looted, loaded Excuse me, on paper. We, this is why they play the games, though, right? Nine players return. We spotlighted Evans earlier. And then Ole Miss transfer guard uh, Deshaun Ruffin, it's going to be a star at this level. I like those big dippers that come down looking for an opportunity, and Ruffin is one of those players. And then the Texas Southern Tigers. Okay, so Texas Southern taking a little bit of a leap in our eyes here. They were 7-11 and last year in the conference, but getting Henry back in the fold is huge, bringing in a bunch of solid talent in the portal, also huge. Incarnate War Guard Jonathan Cisse averaged nearly 17 points, and UTSA forward Josh Fulmer has a ton of potential. So – Really like what the Tigers did in the portal as well, and that's why we feel like they're going to deserve to be in that top tier up there in the drum line. So, Eric, why don't I come to you now? Uh, Eric, give us the old wind section here, the old, uh, you know, sturdy. Maybe not the drum line. Don't get all the, all the you know, not the sexy, you know, the eye appeal, you know, but, but still plays a solid part, uh, you know, has a solid role to play. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think it starts off with Alabama A&M. These Bulldogs were 
10 and 8 in conference play last year. Head coach Otis Hughley is in, in, entering his second year at the helm. Uh, did a pretty good job of, of player retention. Held on nine guys from a pretty successful first year. We've got uh, their guard, Dalen Smith, average double figures. He's primed for a big year. They've also got a pretty solid forward, Elisa Akinobi, averaged nearly two blocks per game. So he's going to be one of those cornerstone kind of anchor types on the defense. A lot to like here with how the Bulldogs' year is shaping up. We'll stay in the state of Alabama, specifically the Alabama State Hornets, 6-12 and 12 last year. Look, this, this is a team that struggled in year one of Tommy Madlock, but you know things, things feel like they're kind of looking up heading into the upcoming season. Two of their top returning scorers uh, are back. We talked about range earlier. He obviously is going to be a big part of this team coming up. And there's there's a lot of new blood coming in from the NIA, NAIA and JUCO ranks. You know, we've we've detailed the, you know these these types of players in our previous conference previews, right? One or two of them makes the most of their opportunity. Definitely feels like things could be pointing up for the Hornets. The third team here, Bethune Cookman, the Wildcats. They finished eight and ten last year in league play. Look, this this starts with Zion Harmon, right? We talked about him earlier. Just absolutely primed for a monster year. We've got Deshaun Dyson, the guard for them. He averaged 11 points in only 22 minutes. So hopefully he gets a little bit more run. Hopefully he can do a bit more with that. We've also got another guard, Damani McIntyre, one of the best defensive players in the conference, right? So, you know, 8 and 10, you know, maybe not the season they were looking for last year, but I think there's cause for optimism with these Wildcats. And then lastly, Grambling State, the Tigers were 15 and 3 last year. So, you know, slight step back after losing their three top scorers. Uh, Milwaukee transfer guard Jalen Johnson's coming in. He's a pretty nice addition through the portal. And they've also got a, another guard, Jordan Smith, set to take a step forward after playing a pretty limited role here. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, how it's, that's how it's shaping up for the win section. Man, I gave Jay the, uh, the drum line, uh, of course. And so now I got to be the bad guy, right? And, and he's already ripping on the name, the flag waiver. You know, it's not a certified name for that <laughs> section. So here we go. I got to pick the, uh, at least the, I'm looking at the, uh, the Rattlers there. That first, man, that is an awesome, awesome mascot right there. I think for sure That's these guys saying. have the, uh, this, this whole tier right here has the, uh, the best, uh, the best mascot look, but, Let's start it off here. Um, man, Arkansas Pine Bluff, the Golden Lions do love that mascot. 6-12 and 12 last year. They do have guard Kylan Milton. Uh, he's one of the better guards of the league, averaged 13 points and four assists. I just don't think there's enough firepower on offense, and they were one of the worst teams in college basketball in defensive efficiency last year. So they're going to need to take a huge step forward if they want to get out of this lower tier. Uh, the Florida A&M Rattlers are 5-13. and 13. There's – Really, no game changers on the squad. Um, only in the you know in the drum line there for them uh, that Eric wants to go see. But there are seven new faces. They were 352nd offensive efficiency. I just don't see it getting that much better to get them out of this tier. The Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, one of my favorite mascots. Four my new team last year. There you go. Your new team. <laughs> they added Jay Heinrich. Uh, he's going to give them a solid five points. Uh, <laughs> they definitely are going to need it. But they were one of the worst teams in college basketball last year. Second-year head coach George Ivory. He's got a long way to go to uh, to restart this program. So if you're looking for a bright spot, uh, Raekwon Brown, he's certainly a solid player. Prairie View A&M, they were 9-9 nine and nine last year, looking to take a step back uh, with them losing Will Douglas and Yuhuza Razas. Don't expect them to be as good defensively this year. And there's a lot of new faces in the program. So 
uh, just, you know, kind of limited with their upside. And the Southern Jaguars, 11 and 7. I like Prairie View. There's a lot of new faces. We're going to have to kind of see this through midseason. Just tough to kind of see the ceiling. It's tough to find really anyone on the roster that can dominate, uh, like some of these other teams that we've talked about, some of the more known uh, quantities that we have out there. I just think it's going to be a step back, but uh, there's a chance here, right, with the tiers being a little, you know, unevenly distributed, uh, that uh, one or two of these teams could take a step forward. So there's a little bit of upside to, uh, you know, to this tier for sure. Just a whole lot of unknown. Like you said, the NAIA players, the JUCO players, we got to see what they're going to do at this level. And there's just a lot of unknowns. So we, would we be surprised to see some of these teams color guard? That is the proper term for the flag waivers. It's, they're <laughs> called color guard. Thank you very much. Um, but maybe those, some of those flag waivers in the color guard can hop up. We're, We're going to have to go back to previous shows then. Uh, what did you call the spark, the Flintstone car? <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. Fifth. Let's run down these tiers one more time for the old swag. Top tier in the drum line, Alcorn State, Jackson State, and Texas Southern. Wind section, Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Bethune-Cookman, and Grambling State. Those color guard flag waivers. Arkansas Pine Bluff, Florida A&M, Mississippi Valley State, my new favorite team, Prairie View A&M, and the Southern Jaguars, old Jaguars. That's the swag, ladies and gentlemen. Who else is doing 25 minutes on the swag? Nobody. That's why you're here watching One and Done, and that's why you need to smash those like and subscribe buttons. Leave us a comment. Show us some love. Uh, show you guy Mike some love. Uh, took down a winner take all on the old DFS. Uh, was that last night? Or yeah, night yesterday, baby. Yeah, held on. Yesterday, held on and won it there. Winning a nice winner take all tournament there for the guy OG Money Mike over there. How about it? Give us a follow here. Give us a follow on the on X on YouTube. Hit those subscribe buttons. And without further ado, we were in the swack. Let's drop the old S. And let's just return of the whack once again. We're in Nicely the whack. <laughs> Eleven teams down, two teams after New Mexico State and Sam Houston. Those Bearcats joined Conference USA last year. The regular season champions were Utah Valley, going fifteen and three in the regular season. However, that did not matter in the conference tourney because Grand Canyon ended up beating Southern Utah 84-66 to grab that tournament bid. And, of course, Grand Canyon, as a 14 seed, drew uh, Gonzaga. We're not going to win that one. Did put up 70, though, against Gonzaga, so, so a nice run there for Grand Canyon, but lost by 12. Now, the whack. Would you if 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 you if I could have told you okay bet your house that the WAC was a top eleven conference at the end of last season? Would you would you have felt confident about it? I would have gone top fifteen. Yeah, there well, <laughs> uh, I mean this is their eleventh. They're exactly I kind of buried you know, eleven didn't bury the lead at all. There eleventh is it was the number that I threw out there, and that's where they were, including two inside the top one hundred. With Utah Valley and San Houston State, six other teams ranked inside the top 200. So let's go to our guy, Eric the Blue, for those WAC headlines. Yeah, I think for the WAC, it starts with the coaching side. Uh, three new coaches in this league KT Turner, 
new coach for UT Arlington, Rob Jeter of No Relation, the new head man for Southern Utah, and Todd Phillips, the new head coach for Utah Valley. And that is because two star coaches from this league have moved on up. We've got Mark Matson dancing his way up to Cal. We've got Todd Simon off to Bowling Green. And now both teams that they coached, uh, Utah Valley is where Matson was coaching previously. Simon was previously coaching at Southern Utah. They finished top three in the conference, right? So clearly very well-earned promotions up to their, their new gigs each. But, you know, the, the question it poses is how, you know, how do these defections, how do these newcomers kind of shake up the league? And a lot of that starts with, with, the, with, with the, the man holding the clipboard, right, with the head coach. The other thing of note here in this conference is there isn't really a, a cohesive identity or style from top to bottom, right? Seven teams inside the top 100 in tempo, five others outside the top 100 last year. Um, you know, tempo really reigned supreme, at least looking back to last year, four of the top five in the conference were playing at a very fast clip. So, you know, poses the question, will, will that trend hold this year or is it going to be one of the more slow and steady type of styles that ultimately wins the day in the WAC? I'm sure in terms of uh, how much we'll pay attention to it during our DFS shows, we sure hope that Tempo will continue to reign supreme for sure. Let's get to some of those players that if the Tempo is up and going, those fantasy points and, of course, real-life points and boards and stats will come pouring in for their team. These are the Golden Nuggets of the Wow! <laughs> Putting down some money. <laughs> exactly. Oh, look at that beautiful hey, graphic. Just there. Classic. <laughs> classic. Wasn't that long ago? That I've left some yeah. money there once or twice. <laughs> we went down the neck of the woods there. And there they are on your screen. Start off, there are two players from Grand Canyon that we are looking at as golden nuggets. Let's start first, Mike, with Rayshon Harrison, the 6'4", 195-pound guard from Grand Canyon who averaged almost 18 points. He had four boards, three and a half dimes in 32.1 minutes. He transferred in from Presbyterian where he dominated there and he came over to Grand Canyon, Mike, and did more of the same. All three years in college, he's averaged at least 17 points per game. Uh, he's really improved his efficiency from the field. He's got a very cerebral game. I mean, he can catch and shoot. He can take you off the dribble. This guy is the limit for this guy, and uh, the pairing of these two guys is something that we are very excited about. But uh, for Harrison individually, man, uh, if he just does more of the same, that will be just fine enough. Yeah, well, and on the nights where he's not able to pull the weight, uh, Javon Blackshear Jr., the guard from Grand Canyon, of course, the 5'11", 165 pounds, soaking wet. Don't let the size fool you. He averaged 10.7 points. 2.4 assists and one and a half steals in, okay, get this now, 27.7 minutes and only played in 12 games due to injury. This guy was the preseason player of the year in the WAC last year, Eric, and the injuries just cut a season short. But again, pairing him with Harrison, man, this is, this is going to make Grand Canyon dangerous. Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike just detailed it with Rayshon Harrison, right? The, the combination of Harrison and Blackshear, it's going to make this one of the, the best backcourts in, in the country, right? And, you know, Blackshear himself, he's a great playmaker off the dribble. He's, he's awesome in pick-and-roll situations. He, he's always been pretty good at taking care of the ball, right? So you don't have to worry about him 
you know, turning the ball over. And while he is slight of stature, 5'11", 165 pounds soaking wet, makes up for his size on the defensive end. And, you know, he's he's got the ability to pick the pocket, right? 1.5 steals per game is uh, is nothing to sneeze at. So definitely like these two coming coming together for the upcoming season. Interested and excited to see him get a full complement of games in the upcoming year. No doubt about it. Let's move on now out of Grand Canyon to Seattle, where there is guard Cameron Tyson, 6'390 pounds. There again, you know, a bunch of guards here. We're going to get to some forwards. I mean, man, we just been, it's all been guard, all guards all the time so far today on our breakdowns. But but Tyson averaged 18.6 points, 4.4 rebounds in almost 33 minutes. And Air, uh, I'm sorry, and Mike, uh, Tyson's a guy that settled into a premier role after stops at Idaho and Houston. He's sort of, he's, he's found a home in Seattle. Yeah, absolutely. Enters year five, his final year. He's one of the top scorers in the country. Look, his efficiency has dropped the last couple of seasons, but I expect some positive regression here. He's a really, really good shooter, and he's uh, found a way to, to get to the basket more. And last year, uh, you know, just five times to the line, man. Like, you love to see that in college basketball. It doesn't sound like a lot, but for college basketball, that is a ton of trips to the free throw line. Um, obviously, is a great shooter, so he can be able to knock down those free throws for you. And, yeah, just an all-around offensive game. would like to see him shine a little bit more on the defensive end, but he's going to be a tough task for these opposing coaches to, uh, to game plan for. So, Dadrian Hall, forward from Stephen F. Austin, those lumberjacks out there. Oh, we got a forward. Yes, big man. Let's go. Banging around a little bit. Big, meaty men slapping meat. Let's do at, that a little at, bit. At all 6'5". <laughs> yeah, 6'5 and, and 200. There, I'm pretty sure there was a guard in the in the swag that was 6'5", 200. But regardless, Hall, Hall averaged 13.1 points, almost seven boards, and shot 36% from three. I could dig it. 1.2 steals in 27-plus minutes. Yeah, all name, all game, definitely. Love Sedadrian. That's a fantastic name. Uh, but he's not just uh, a bunch of, uh, of name there, Eric. Uh, he's got the game to back it up. Yeah, like like we like we kind of joked off the top, right? Uh, 6'5", 200 pounds, a little bit undersized for a forward, but, you know, does does a fair amount of damage from, from the inside, right? He's shooting 58% career from the field. So, obviously, he's operating around the basket. And heading into this upcoming season, he will be in a full-time go-to role. And, you know, we're expecting him to continue to put up pretty big numbers. Jay, you mentioned a moment ago, 36% from three. That was actually four of 11 shooting from range. So while he was efficient there, didn't see a ton of volume. But if he starts to make that just even a little bit more of part of his game, you know, this, this is a guy that can be super dangerous for Stephen F. Austin. No doubt about it. Shamar Wilson, forward, 6'9". Okay, we got some height there. Now we're now we're, gonna, now we're gonna <laughs> We got you one. We got guys that can grab the rim without being on their tippy toes now. Okay, here we go. Wilson can do that. Uh, 215 pounds, average 11 points, eight boards, and one block in 23.4 minutes. Um, all right. When he's on the floor, Mike, he gets it done. You see the numbers. You see the production. And now – Stepping into, uh, you know, coming into year three, he's going to have to play more minutes. If Will And Wilson is probably going to end up in that 29 to 30 minute range if UT Arlington is going to be successful. 
Yeah, look at those stats on the purrs, right? Uh, dominant rebounder. I mean, he does most of his damage inside. Uh, array of moves, um, you know, a little slight, right? But this isn't the biggest conference, so he's able to uh, you know, make things happen on the inside and really showed some ability to affect the game defensively. So looking for him to take a step forward in that regard. And this is going to be a big-time rule for him. And I think if UT Arlington wants to challenge for, you know, a conference title or, you know, to try to, to win a conference tournament, He's going to have to play in a first or second team all-conference level for that to happen. Oh, got you on mute, Jay. Do, 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 do. Harrison, Blackshire Jr., Tyson, Hall, and Wilson there. Our golden nuggets of the whack. I keep waiting for like a casino. The golden nuggets. But either way, here we are with those five players there to watch now of course you know you're not going to get out of uh, previewing a conference without the tiers and we're going to get to those here in a minute we're going to mix it up a little bit no more disrespecting the color guard they're not the flag wavers they're not the, <laughs> the flagpole sitters they're not that no it's just the color Gee, guard no. that we're talking about here the color guard <laughs> But we're going to go ahead and uh, hit the train tiers here, of course. So, uh, why not? Here we go. That's your tier, man, the conductor tiers. <laughs> of course. I like I like where your head's at there. So we're going to three tiers here, as always. The engine car, or engine cab, whatever you want to call it, up at the top tier. Passenger car in the middle and the caboose. I think that translates to <laughs> something that we all understand there. Don't really need to break that down. So let's Booty. go ahead and start right away. Let's go ahead and start right now with the engine car, engine cab, whatever is plugging away and pulling this conference. These three teams, we've got Grand Canyon, Seattle, and Stephen F. Austin. Let's start with those lopes of Grand Canyon, 10 and 7 in the conference last season. But this is one of the most dangerous mid-majors in the country behind hits. Coach Bryce Drew. We all know what he can do. The ceiling is massive with Harrison and Blackshear. No doubt about it. They also have Gabe McLaughlin, McLaughlin, excuse me, at forward, who averaged nearly 13 and 8. And they bring in my big dippers, Sidney Curry from Louisville, Tyon Grant Foster from DePaul, and Duke Brennan from Arizona State. Grand Canyon is loaded. The lopes are loaded. Best believe they're going to finish near the top of this conference. Right alongside the Seattle Redhawks, who went 11-7 and seven last year. Loaded. Tyson. Alex Schumacher. Okay, Tyson and Alex Schumacher. Excuse me. Who? Oh, no, no. Tyson. We got Tyson who we talked about earlier. Alex Schumacher averaged 12 points in the backcourt. Brandon Chatfield. There's a forward. There's a forward that we haven't talked about yet. There we go. Chatfield showed a little promise last season. Now, if head coach Chris Victor coaches up, you know, continues coaching up that good defense, then that's really going to get – that's what we feel like is going to keep the Red Hawks up there in the top of this conference. They were 76th in the country last season in defense. Last but not least, in that engine, pulling the weight, Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks, who also went 11-7 and in the conference last year. This is year eight for Coach Keller, which makes him the most tenured at his current spot in this conference. We spotlighted Hall earlier. Lagard Latrell Jostle is a very good player, very solid player. And again, I love to talk about these teams that have a lot more upperclassmen and the Lumberjacks have not five, not six. Not, they've got 10. 
10 upperclassmen, believe it, a roster full of upperclassmen. Now, I, earlier I plead the fifth, and now we got 10 upperclassmen for those Lumberjacks. Eric, please, as I'm literally trying to steer this train and keep it on the tracks, keep me from derailing, and let's talk about the passenger car tier. Yeah, it kicks off with the Cal Baptist Lancers. Uh, as you were talking about Stephen F. Austin and their 10 upperclassmen, I will see that 10 and raise you none because the Lancers also are trotting out 10 upperclassmen this year. We've got former NAIA Player of the Year guard Zach Wrightsill. He, uh, he spent a season with Marquette. He's now spinning down to the mid-majors ranks to, uh, to, to suit up for these Lancers. We've also got Brantley Stevenson. He's coming in from Cal Poly, had a real nice year there. And, you know, this this is a team, you know, largely based on, you know, their their experience in these upperclassmen ranks can really challenge for this top tier, especially with former Southland Player of the Year Kendall Coleman coming in. He got his waiver after one year at LSU. So, you know, Cal Baptist is right there on the fringe, pretty, pretty clearly the front runners of these passenger cars, but that doesn't mean anything negative about our next team that is Tarleton State, the Texans eight and nine in league play last year. A lot of turnover on the squad, but they they do manage to hold on to some key players. You've got guard Lou Williams. You've got forward Ja'Cory Smith. These are guys that are going to anchor their offense and defensive sides respectively. And there's there's a little bit of unknown, right? I mentioned the, the, the turnover. We've got five guys coming in from the JUCO ranks, one from D2, Two, 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 two true freshmen, really just a lot of guys that are going to have some, some opportunity to really prove themselves for these Texans. Third team in the passenger car, the UT Arlington Mavericks, 6-12 and 12 in league play last year. Look, we've, we've talked about, you know, Wilson earlier in our spotlight. It feels like a breakout season is, is really on tap for him. But this team's got a lot of impact transfers that were, you know, uh, that were waiting on the waiver for, Philip Russell from Southeastern Missouri State uh, mentioned new coach KT Turner. He's done a really solid job assembling talent in this first year. You know, we'll see if he puts it all together. If he does, definitely a team that could be ascending towards the top of this tier. And last but certainly not least, the Utah Valley Wolverines, 15-3 and three last year. That is a big part of the reason why they had their head coach head on out the door. This team was absolutely decimated in terms of roster turnover once Madsen left. Five guys in our top 300, uh, Mike's top 300 transfer board are on their way out the door for Utah Valley. So new head coach Todd Phillips, you know, he's got his job cut out for him. He's, he's done a really solid job of, of getting guys in here. We've got guard Drake Allen coming in from Southern Utah, and he was a real solid player. We've got forward Trevin Doris. He's coming in from Utah State. Tanner Toulson coming in from BYU. He's bringing some pretty solid high major experience. So anytime you've got a lot of turnover in these teams, always leads to a you know a bit of unknown. You know, ultimately, if any of these teams can put those pieces together, I'd like them to, you know, really make some noise in this conference. But if nothing else, they are nice and comfy in this passenger card. I will uh, I'll go ahead and wrap this thing up um, after I don't know how many shows this has been, but uh, <laughs> a ton of mid-major previews. This is the final tier um, of our mid-majors uh, with the caveat that we are not doing independence and we are not doing the Ivy League because the Ivy League, some of these guys are on scholarships, some are not. It's just too confusing to do that, but uh, pretty much bringing you everything. So without further ado, I'll bring you the caboose uh, here of the WAC. We'll go with uh, ACU, one of Jay's favorite teams. 
uh, Abilene Christian, the Bobcats, five and eleven. There it is. <laughs> and did I miss the uh, did I miss the Mark Matson dance? I didn't see Jay do it. Uh, I did it. I definitely okay, right, got right. it in. Yeah, it all right. So the Wildcats here, more of the same with this roster. They're five and eleven. Manuel Allen, he's a solid player, a nice guard for them. So you're gonna need a breakout or a player two to to really get this thing going. And in Southern Utah, twelve and six. We talked about it. Like Utah Valley, it's a clean slate. You lost your top five scores uh, and your coach. There's nine new players. It's gonna take a few years for uh, Rob Jeter to get this thing going. Utah Tech, the Trailblazers, they were five and thirteen last year. There are no seniors on the squad, and there's a lot of turnover. Eight new faces. You do have four, Tanner Christensen and guard Noah Gonzalez. They give this team some hope. Um, it'd probably be the one team I would pick that would uh, move up a tier um, if things go well for them. And then UT, uh, Rio Grande Valley, the Vaqueros, 5-12 and 12 last year. Uh, they did lose their, their production, though. Uh, guards Justin Johnson and Will Johnston, they combined for 35 points. They're out the door. This team plays at one of the fastest tempos in the country, so they're going to at least be exciting. I just don't see any game breakers or defensive stoppers that are going to really help them jump a tier. Uh, but the one thing that we keep saying, guys, and we'll wrap this up here pretty soon, is that who knows with all these Juco guys, D2 guys, players transferring, down transfers, maybe there's a maybe there's a player out there like Brandon Pajemski who transferred from Illinois, ended up being a, a first-round pick and the best player in the WCC. Uh, sorry, Illinois fans, if you're watching, but – there could be some guys out there that we're just going to have to see. Um, there's always one or two uh, that really shine. So, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for the tears. Jay, if you want to close this out. Nobody brings the caboose quite like our guy Mike Holland does, I tell you that. In uh, Abilene Christian, yeah. Southern Utah, Utah Tech, and UT Rio Grande, Passenger Car, Cal Baptist, Tarleton State, UT Arlington, and Utah Valley. And, of course, the top tier of the WAC, the engine cab, Engine Car, Grand Canyon, Seattle, and Stephen F. Austin. Those Lumberjacks, what a show. Thank you guys and gals for joining us. Make sure you leave Ooh. us a comment afterwards. Let us know what you liked about it. If you have some ideas for some tiers that we could maybe use, drop those in the comments. Uh, make sure you follow my brothers here in basketball. My Broskis in basketball. Follow them on X before it uh, – before it becomes everybody has to pay for it, and then, you know, who knows how much it'll deteriorate. Yeah, guys, know, hey, what are we doing next, right? Uh, WCC, right, boys? Yeah, WCC's on tap. On tap. Just Can't the wait. WCC. No more no more double preview <laughs> shows. Like, we're hopping right in. Ooh. All WCC, all the time, the next time you see us here on One and Done. He is Eric Romoff, Eric the Blue, the Baron of Bread of Green Screens Media. You can find him in those Twitter streets at Fantasy Nav. He is the OG Money Mike El Capitan himself, the captain of the Green Screens Media ship. That's Mr. Mike Holland. Follow us all. I am the conductor of the aforementioned Green Screens Media train at Dr. William Cannon on Twitter. I'm Jay Heinrich. It's your boy. Follow at The Real Napier. Uh, our guy doing things behind the scenes. If you can see Jumbotron Jim, shout him out. He seems like he was in a, a pissy mood earlier today. But we love him, and we love that he shows up every now and then. Grace us without presence. Until next time, y'all. Breadheads, thanks for tuning in. Take care of yourself. Have a nice day. Let's get this bread, baby. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.